The opinions and views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants alone and do not necessarily represent Utah Valley University or the UVU Center for Social Impact. Let's get real. Talking about social issues can be intimidating and confusing. Real Talk invites listeners into candid conversations about hard topics. We talk to those that are actually living through the problems everyone is talking about. So grab a drink, grab a blanket, and start getting comfortable being being uncomfortable. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Real Talk podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Um, but before we introduce her, I want to just talk about why we want to record this episode. Um, Currently, I know a lot of our listeners are feeling a little bit hopeless or helpless um, with just the conditions of the world. I think we're seeing a lot of human suffering, and at times that makes us feel numb. And so the purpose of this episode is just to humanize um, the individuals that are experiencing the effects of war and the civilians that are not responsible for the war and so um, and this is not only we're going to be talking specifically about um, Ukraine today but that is not um, this message is not just for that situation there are conflicts happening all over the world so we would hope that This conversation is just, it's a small example of how we can make connections with people that may seem different from us, but really we all can connect on such a human level. So I'm very excited about this conversation. Yeah. So I have a, I have a friend. Her name is Veronica. Hi guys. (laughs) Um, I met Veronica through our friend Cam because they're both fashionistas. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and yes. so that's how I knew Cam. Uh, that's how I knew Veronica. It was through Cam. Um, so, yeah, Veronica, we'll kind of let you, like, introduce yourself. You can tell us, like, anything, like, what year you are in school, what are you studying, what are your interests, your hobbies, just whatever. Like, I guess something that you would write on, like, a first day, like, Canvas, like, discussion, like, Introduce yourself. Like, what, what would you say? <laughs> I would say, hi, my name is Veronica Clark. I am from Ukraine. I know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I am a second year student here at UVU. I genuinely do love UVU. And when I tell that to people, they think I'm lying, but I'm not. This is a great school. Um, I am studying theater costume design, so I oh. went to... No wonder, clothes. <laughs> no wonder you're such a fashionista. <laughs> well, I picked the major because I had to justify my shopping addiction. And mm. um, now <laughs> I shop for research, not because I have an addiction. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love people. I love um, being involved um, in just the community I live in. And I love art, all forms of art, whether it's watching or looking at art or learning about art or creating art. Perfect. Well, I think that is a perfect segue into the conversation we want to have today is we really just want to get to know you as an individual, as a person. And the first question we have has to deal with like what it was like to grow up in Ukraine. What were some of your favorite parts, favorite things that you like about um, your culture and things like that? 
Yeah, thank you for asking. I think the thing I love the most about my culture is something that the rest of the world can clearly see right now is that Ukrainians have an unbreakable spirit and that Ukrainians are the kind of people that despite years and years and years of history of conflict and um, other nations trying to suppress us and make us give up that Ukrainians have not. And that is something I'm really proud about. Um, I also think Ukraine has the best chocolate in the world, but <laughs> I might be just a tiny bit biased, even though I think I'm correct. Um, I love how united people are. I think unity is something that's so rare in the modern day world because there are so many things that are trying to pull us apart. Um, but people have a very much a collectivistic mindset in Ukraine and they're pretty much trying to see how they can help a fellow neighbor and how they can help other people. Like if they see a stranger in trouble, they will go out and see what they can do. Um, and how they can help. And Ukrainians are the kind of people that will share their meal with a stranger simply because somebody else is in need, and I'm proud of that. Um, Ukraine has long history of beautiful culture. Um, we have beautiful art. We have beautiful music. Right now, there are quite a lot of artists and musicians and actors and public figures and bloggers that add so much beauty to the world because of creating. And I think that's that's in our DNA, that's in our veins. We are very creative people, whether it be creating art or creating solutions to problems. I love that. And I think that says a lot about the individuals that are currently experiencing displacement and mm -hmm. experiencing what's going on there now. And just meeting people and talking with them just again that spirit of helping and also that artistic piece there is so much beautiful art that is being shown especially in traditional clothing mm -hmm. and things like that which is so exciting so for you were there any like traditions that you loved especially growing up in Ukraine um yeah absolutely um because Gregorian calendar that used to be put to use <laughs> and so traditionally christmas was in january mm. and so i grew up having two christmases on the 25th and the 7th and people have two different holidays so the new year's is like the big commercial holiday of the year and it's when people celebrate like saying goodbye to the old year and hello to the new year and then they have a more religious aspect in January. And so it was always some of my favorite memories and traditions growing up. And a lot of times in a lot of villages and towns and cities, um, on Christmas, people would do kind of like trick-or-treating, except with no um, tricking and with a lot of cheer. And so kids would go caroling and they would dress up in warm clothes and then they would make a star and the children would sing carols of whether it be Jesus Christ or welcoming the new year. And then people would, they would spread the cheer and blessings. And so then they would get treats. And so that's something I really love. Yeah. Um, one thing that I want to ask, like, what was your, what's your favorite Ukrainian dish? Like, one something that 
you can't get here that you just think you know like man I miss like eating that growing up mm-hmm I think it would be chocolate. <laughs> As you can tell, I have sweet tea. Yeah. Um, I feel like you, you, European chocolate is just way better than American chocolate. I mean, I'm not about to start a fight. Maybe there are some <laughs> listeners that really love their Hershey's, but once you try European chocolate, um, you know the difference. <laughs> I So a dish I really love is a salad called Olivier. Okay. It's kind of like a potato salad. You just mush a lot of things together and then you just eat it. And it's traditionally made for New Year's, but we would make it for different holidays as well. And so there are still times right now in college, if I'm feeling like really sad or really stressed out, I'll buy the ingredients and make the salad. And then it will feel like, oh, I'm celebrating life. This is great. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's something about like Ukraine that you don't see like a lot here in America that you miss a lot, if that makes sense. Cause I know that you mentioned the, and I, I feel like I agree that I see this online a lot. Like Ukrainians have a very strong spirit. Um, is there anything else about Ukrainian culture that, or, or was there any like culture shocks when you came here to America that you were like, this is really weird <laughs> that you guys do this over here. <laughs> I think the biggest culture shock for me was that it felt like everyone in America is in their own individual bubble and everybody's wrapped up in their own life and their own thinking. And it was really difficult for me at first because I felt really disconnected from other people. Because in Ukraine, people are very connected. Sometimes it even takes a little bit of a negative form because People see you and they will judge you and they will let you know that they judge you and they keep each other up to the highest standard of living and to, um, yeah, And but I really miss that sense of community and belonging that's so tight-knit and that is not as common here. Here you find cohorts, but overall there's not as much of a sense of community. Um, Another thing I really love about Ukraine is that Our coping mechanism is humor and people approach life with so much humor and so much optimism and the humor really is rich and it has depth to it and it doesn't diminish or um, disvalidate the experiences people go through or the struggles that people have within the government or the economic system or whatever, but it really helps people to have a clear head and just approach life with humor and that's something that I really don't want to lose like I called my grandmother yesterday and she had so much good spirit and good cheer about her and I was like I'm not being bombed and yet you're the one that's like so full of hope and optimism and telling me how bright the future is and I'm the one that needs to um suck that light from her because I really (laughs) need it so that's something that I really miss about Ukrainians as a nation, people overall. Yeah. So I know that you've mentioned to me before, I think that you told me that your family came here was in 2015, mm-hmm. right? So what was it like for you and your family to have to like leave your home land and come here? Like, um, why did your family come here and what was it like just having to leave 
your mm-hmm. other family and friends behind? Yeah, great question. I think um, there was a lot of factors that made us leave. One of them being initial conflict and attacks started that now we see took on a whole new and very dangerous and scary spin. Um, but at the time, I remember I was excited. I saw America in TV and I was really excited as a 15 year old to see what this great America is like, to have this great teenage life and to enjoy the comforts of the United States. Um, and homesickness didn't hit me as I was leaving Ukraine. But then when I came here, I realized just how much I miss my homeland and how much I miss the people and the culture. And even the things that I thought were negative aspects of my culture at the time, I realized that I missed them as well. And as kind as America has been to me so far for the past seven years, my heart has remained in Ukraine. And I've been able to share with people everywhere I went, like how much I love Ukraine and how beautiful of a country and culture it is. Mm. And we appreciate you doing that here with us and allowing us to just have the tiniest insight of your life and what it was like because it just sounds beautiful. Oh, thank you. I am not here sharing my story. I think I'm sharing the story of my whole homeland and of my nation. And there are 38 million Ukrainians around the world and I'm just one small part of such a beautiful culture that I hope the listeners that are listening will take some time to express curiosity and learn a little Mm -hmm. bit more about Ukraine, to look at our art, look at our ethnic clothing, look at some of the more of the traditions that we have because it's so beautiful. It really is. And just even the the light that you're bringing to this conversation and just talking to you before we started recording, I can just feel um, just your presence in the, in the, just getting to know you for the small amount of time that we have has been just like really uplifting. And so I, and I know that this time has been very difficult. You, you just said that you have family in Ukraine still. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of things, what has that been like for you the past couple of weeks of navigating that worry that I'm sure you're feeling? And also you're a student, you're still trying to <laughs> You know, you have responsibilities, right? (laughs) Like that probably feels so unimportant right now. Like what has it been like for you when you know you have people that you love that are Mm -hmm. in the middle of this conflict? Well, first of all, if any of my professors are listening, I apologize um, for being a slacker. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been really difficult the past, you said, couple of weeks. And it's interesting because the first active initial attack happened last Thursday. But it's been something that's been going on. I'm sure you've seen the news. And this past couple of weeks, especially, people started asking me, like, how are you handling everything with Ukraine? And to be honest, that uncertainty of the future and uncertainty of is Russia going to attack us? Is Putin going to try to do something? Um, has been there for years, not just for the past few weeks or a month. Um, it's like, I think for many Ukrainians, living in Ukraine is like living next to a bear cave and you're afraid that if you do something annoying, the bear is going to wake up and come for your home, which basically what happened on Thursday. I think for me, um, specifically, that experience has been difficult because especially the first 24 hours, I wasn't there. I wasn't sure what was happening. I was looking at all the news, which um, is not good for anyone's mental health to be on 
all sorts of news all the time. And so it was really difficult. But then I was able to find specifically a news source that I knew I trusted, that I could check. I kind of developed a routine of messaging and checking. Okay, is this friend safe? Is this friend alive? Is this friend still there? And so that has been able to help me stay connected and to understand what's happening without feeling like I have to check the news every minute or something terrible is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that you mentioned, right, like, I think not only you, but everyone like around the globe has been intensely watching the Mm -hmm. news and keeping up on social media and really just I think it's kind of like a 24-7 thing like I get like Twitter notifications all the time about like things that are happening but I also think just like how social media is and news and the world it can be corrupted at times and people can tell not correct and accurate information Mm -hmm. about things that are going on Um, So is there any like misconceptions regarding what's going on right now in the situation that you would like our listeners to know or maybe to clarify on based on your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, This past weekend, I decided to look at different news sources. So I looked at a Russian news source, which I was shocked at. Um, I looked at a Ukrainian news source. I looked at BBC News and I looked at um, New York Times because I was trying to understand how different countries are responding and what different perspectives and narratives are being told. And um, I was disappointed at the fact that so many other international um, news sources are trying to make Ukraine the victim and diminish the strength that Ukrainian nation has. I've been hearing so many stories of brave people and soldiers and civilians and our politicians and leaders and famous people that have really risen up to the occasion. And so it's really been bothering me, this narrative, especially here in America, that's been made like, oh, this poor country, this helpless country, when in reality, we are not helpless. We do ask for help. We do ask for aid and supplies and donations, but... Ukrainians are such a strong nation and they, if anyone, um, as sad as it is right now, as we look at it through the world perspective, through the global perspective, if anyone was to be put in charge of fighting for democracy, Ukraine is the nation to do so because Ukrainian spirit is unbreakable and Ukrainian desire for freedom and for a world where freedom of speech and of living and of expressing yourself is apparent. That is the country that you would go to. Um, I know right now in Russia, they're really monitoring the news and that's been really difficult because the media is really sending a lot of propaganda And there's been a lot of just misconceptions happening. And so I think something we can do as Americans is really continuously spread correct information. Because at the end of the day, if enough Russians unite and go out in the streets and protest and get Putin out of his power, um, that can end the war and that can put the end and like lead us to a brighter future. But so many... Russians are scared because they don't know what's true and so many things are being blocked for them and so much information is being gatekeeped. And um, another perspective is I think that Americans, especially here in America, I see a lot of people have this attitude of 
oh, it's just another international conflict. And I understand I if we constantly keep up with all the wars and conflicts that are happening, um, it can get just we can get to compassion burnout. And so I understand what it's like to not keep up with the news all the time. But I do want to stress how this particular situation is very important and it does affect us on a global level, um, which we can go into if you'd like. But um, just because there is this country that stands everything that democracy is about, everything that even our U.S. Constitution is about, and Ukraine is just a... Ukraine just wants peace. Ukraine just wants to live in a land that's theirs, in a land where they have that freedom of of speech, that freedom of expressing yourself, loving other people, of trying to westernize themselves. And Russia, more like Russian government, I'm trying to differentiate the people right. from the government, but the Russian government stands everything against it. They don't want that. They want to control their people. They don't want the world to move towards democracy because a lot of what Russian Federation stands on is going to be collapsed. And so that is not what the government wants. And that's why they're fighting so hard to not allow democracy to spread forward. And, um, and of course, like, I know there's been a lot of information about like, oh, will there be World War III and people are really scared about it? And what about nuclear war? And I think we either think that that's fine, that's not happening, or we go to absolutes and think, oh my gosh, this is the beginning of the end of the world, which again, I don't want to minimize the war because it is horrible and it is really terrifying. But I also do have faith in the fact that truth is on our side and that um, Ukrainian army and Ukrainian nation is so much stronger than uh, people globally realize. And I know a lot of my friends that are Ukrainians that are in all other countries, like I have a friend in France, I have friends all over the United States. They're here to share with the rest of the world just how strong our nation is and how we believe that the future is going to be bright and colorful and the the future is on our side as horrifying and demoralizing as it is right now in what everything that's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, I love that. I love um, how you're kind of mentioning like that. I do agree that there's this like um, message kind of especially here in America being like oh poor Ukraine and they're like helpless but I love how you mentioned like no we are like we are here to fight and we are here to protect our country and to stand our ground and I've been seeing that a lot with the Ukrainian president I'm I don't know his I forget his name all the time Zelensky yeah and uh I've just been seeing like his messages mm-hmm. to the Ukrainian people and I'm like oh my gosh what a leader that in a time like this he's still like no we are here mm-hmm. we are still standing and there's nothing that can get in our way and so I really admire that about about you know about Ukrainian people and what has been going on um and so like you said right um you guys don't necessarily need to be victimized but I um and but you did say right that you guys are 
willing to be helped right through supplies and donations and whatever else that is and so um what do you think would be the most helpful helpful thing our listeners can do to help ukraine is there any specific site that they can donate to or maybe like social media platform that we can donate to or you just what are what are the best ways that you think that we can as international you know people what are some of the best ways that we can aid ukraine in this time yeah great question thank you for asking um and yeah I ha- i've seen a lot of people on social media ask the same thing um there is a group of volunteers here locally, including some of the international students here from UVU that created an Instagram page where they keep up like information about locally what you can do to help. Amazing. Um, so I found this Instagram. It's support.ukraine.utah. And it's specifically focused on helping collecting aid and collecting supplies here from Utah. But more on a global scale, there is um, this organization and they are called Razom for Ukraine and Razom means together, so together for Ukraine. And they created a link tree where you can go and see different organizations that you can donate money, whether it's helping refugees, whether it's helping soldiers, whether it be helping just like particular things um and also for those that are listening that are thinking great but I'm a college student for example and I can't really donate I have tons of debt because of my tuition and I'm not sure how I can help um information is just as powerful and knowledge is a powerful way of connecting not just connecting with people and having more empathy to them but also understanding exactly what is happening um there is a netflix documentary called um winter on fire that starts talking about the 2014 and the revolution and what was happening which that event then led to the event right now and to the war right now but I really want to encourage those that are listening to think of ways that they can understand Ukraine better and understand exactly what's happening because this world is, we live here all together. It's not just one corner of the world that's suffering. It's all of us. And knowledge is a way to understand and to help and to connect. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important because... Just bringing back to it locally, right? We have local elections coming up as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be really important to gain all this information, especially that we can through documentaries, through reliable um, resources like such as news sources and things like that. And then ask the politicians that are running what their views are on, what their knowledge looks like so that we can also, because our local elections affect our country Mm -hmm. and how our country decides to make decisions right regarding Mm -hmm. the situation which again will affect on a larger scale Mm -hmm. um more of the situation so i think i love that idea of getting more knowledge even if you're not able to donate Mm -hmm. um and and as well um i want to also offer a resource for you or any other international students um that have affected been affected by Um, global crisis that there's also mental health resources here on campus um, that if you call it's 
the number is 801-863-8876. There is a crisis line that you can call if anything that happens on the news or that you're seeing is triggering for you, um, call that number. And that's like a local support that can help you as well. Um, And that's for anyone, not just students. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the power of social media. I love being able to see what's happening in Ukraine through social media. And I've seen a lot of people in Ukraine also try to help each other um, during this time. And I've seen so many tips in Ukrainian on what to do if you're panicking going on and so many coping mechanisms and so many healthy tools that are being shared through my with through the community of my Ukrainian friends, I've also seen people decide that, you know what, we're not going to let this war define us and we're still going to live. And a lot of Ukrainian teachers decided to create this school schedule over Zoom when they're inviting anyone to come and study. And that is so important. And so I love that right now we're trying to take care of our mental health, not just here on campus, but globally as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's just like the most important thing of it all. Like make sure that you are for those, you know, that especially like you like Ukrainians all over the world, you know, making sure that mental the mental health is okay and kind of taking cuz I think that there's a lot of fear mongering that can go on online about things like this, but taking time to like you said have that hope and kind of follow in Ukrainians footsteps to mm-hmm. have that hope and that perseverance and to you know still take time to be like hey you know thing things will be fine things will be okay you know take time for yourself but also um realizing that there is hope and um hope can come through community organizing and through coming together to do things like you mentioned on this Instagram because I'm just looking at it right now and I'm just like, that is so amazing how like locally here in Utah there are people already coming together to do things. And I think it's that that this is what it's all about, just coming together as a community to do stuff, right? To come together to support one another. And I think that is what it's all about at the end of the day is coming together and collecting our spirit together to help each other. So Thank you so much for coming onto this episode. You are amazing. <laughs> thank yeah, you so keep much. Keep it going. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but no, thank you for the information you've shared. And I know it is so much added emotional labor because I know that, you know, everyone like you, you mentioned this to me, like not on here, but like another time mm-hmm. that you've been having so many people want to talk to you. So I know that me and Brie really appreciate and it was such a short notice, too, that I just like, messaged you and I was like, hey, you want to be on this podcast. So thank you so much for being willing to come on and talk to us and to share about your culture and, you know, who you are and also your thoughts on what's going on right now, because you definitely didn't have to do that, you know. So I know that we really appreciate that and the center as well. Um, and I hope that to anyone that is listening, that they have learned something from Veronica and from this episode and that they've hopefully been inspired to um to learn to go out and to learn more and to get educated and to if they can to go donate um and to just find any way that they can in their best way to help ukraine so so thank you so much for listening and thank you for coming it was amazing i know i learned a lot and so we want to thank you listeners and remind you to keep it real